even when it's cold out, people come. People still need God even when it's cold out. People still need God even when it's warm out. We need God in all seasons. Amen? So speaking of cold, we had to venture out in the cold yesterday. My kids, I have four kids, Chloe, Caleb, Colton, Kaylee. I say them out loud because that's how I remember, if you really want to know. It's not that I'm just telling you. It's that I'm actually remembering. How many? No, just kidding. And my boys are in wrestling. And my first son, he's, he's seven, Caleb, and he's in his third season, and it's his first year of competing. So it's a big step. My, my second son, he's in his second year, and he's not really, you typically don't throw him into competition yet. But I figured, hey, his brother's there. Why not toss him in there? We're going to be there anyway. Throw him in the deep waters. And as predicted, Caleb went 3-0 and because he he's been waiting so long to compete, he's been overly ready for his bracket. And he, he did awesome. And Colton struggled because he's not quite there yet. But I knew it'd feel good. Not really. It'd, it'd feel good later that he felt a little bit of that adversity. And he ended up winning this fourth match. He's only seven. He's only in his second season. He, he went four matches. Caleb went three. Three and oh. Caleb went one, uh, Colton went one and four. But the biggest difference I saw in my two boys yesterday was not their athleticism, not their... Uh, aggressiveness and enthusiasm to win. It was their minds and the way they thought about what they were participating in. Caleb, he's, I say he's like the Russian from Rocky IV. Anybody remember Rocky IV? It's all business. The Russian was all business. He didn't really have much going on except business. I'm, I'm going to beat Sylvester. I'm going to beat Rocky. You know, that's it. That's all he was going to do. He's going to beat Rocky. And he didn't really talk outside of that. Colton, on the other hand, that's how, that's how Caleb is. He just kind of, he's just there. He goes in saying, I'm going to win the match. That's it. I'm going in expecting to win. He expects the win. I was never like that as a kid. But for some reason, he has this confidence that is God-given, and, and it is awesome to see at his age because he goes in with the mindset that he's going to win. And he won. And he won't win all his matches. He'll struggle, and, and some of the most strength and growth comes from defeat. But he goes in with the mindset that I'm going to win. This is what I do. This is my thing. Colton, on the other hand, he's kind of, when you say he kind of does this with his legs. It reminds me of a dog sometimes with his tail between his legs. He does this with his legs. I said, boy, stand up tall. You're strong. He says, I can't do it. I can't do it, Dad. He gets frustrated. He'll argue with me all, over, all the way up until the times to get on the mat. And, and dads often coach the kids. So I'm, I'm that dad that said he would never scream and get excited. But, man, when your kid's out there going to battle, you get excited. You're like, come on, man, come on. You're like going crazy. And so my throat's a little sore today. But it's for good reason. So Taz, or Colton, we call him, his real name, Colton Taz, we call him when, you know, he lets out the Taz. Well, he, he wanted to debate everything, and he, I can't do it. I'm not going to win a medal. He kept telling me over and over, I am not going to win a medal, Dad. I said, quit saying that. I said, you're definitely not going to win a medal if you keep saying, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's like his mind was defeated before he started. I was in wrestling in school, and I was the same way. I had to wrestle this kid from Fox High School when I was 15. I didn't shave yet. I barely had gone through puberty, and this guy had a mustache. I said, oh, I got to wrestle that man? That's a man. That is not a 10th grader. And I went out there and I just went, shake hands. Okay. And it was over. 
and then I, I said, how did I lose? And then my buddy said, well, you just, you laid down in defeat before you started because he beat you mentally. It's a mind trap. He trapped your mind with his mustache. He intimidated you with his mustache and his stubble. I don't think I had anything under here yet, guys. It was the early days. <laughs> so Colton was picking up this trait of mental defeat like his daddy. I said, son, no. You say, I'm going to do it. I can do it. I, I, I can't. I can't. No, say it. I can do it. I, I can do it. Look at me. He looks away. I can. No, look at me in the eyes. I can't. You have to force the kid to look you in the eyes and say, I can do it. Caleb, he'd just be like, I'm going to do it. It's not I can. It's like I am going to do it. That's just how he is. So Colton, it was the biggest battle was, was, the, was the mind game. The mind game. Colton had, had already trapped himself in a mental trap for defeat. And so he went out there and lost three in a row. And then he finally beat a kid who had just, poor kid, had already had a match about 10 minutes earlier. So he was nice and withered. I said, okay, listen, you're going to beat this kid. He just went. He's tired. There's no reason you can lose. You should lose this match because he is so tired. And I know it's not fair, but you're going to get a win today, okay? I can do it. Okay. So he goes out there. He starts whooping up cleaning house. He's, he's doing what's called a, a technical point win. He's almost so many points ahead that they just call the match. And he's, he's, he's yelling back at me on the mat. I'm not joking. He's going, Dad, I can't. And I said, you're winning. And he goes, what? What? And he starts jumping up and down because he didn't know he was winning the match because he was so ready to lose again. He had mentally defeated himself. And not only was he winning, but he was crushing this kid. The kid had already wrestled more than him. It wasn't fair, but we just wanted to get a win, so it's, it's okay sometimes to beat the kid who was already tired. It's okay sometimes to buy your kid a medal on Amazon because they lost. I'm not trying to teach the kid entitlement, but yeah, I ordered a couple medals from Amazon just so the kid didn't feel left out because he got, he got beat up. Because I want his mind to know he can do it. He had trapped his mind. It was a mind trap. And that was the difference between victory and defeat. Fighters, uh, you know, martial arts, all that stuff, competition in general. It's like 80% mental, 20% physical. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I would say that's a fair number. If you go in with the mindset that it's not going to happen, I can't do it, why bother? Well, it's not going to happen. You're quitting before you start. And that's what my seven-year-old did, six-year-old. Jeez, he's six. <laughs> but often the situations in life do the most damage when the gates of my mind let them in it's going to happen guys life is hills and valleys but what you let in is what is going to affect you good or bad it's like a gate the gates of my mind what am I getting trapped in my mind and when I decide to, when I decide to dwell and ponder things I can't control, things from my past and things I've seen in others that negatively affected me, I start absorbing damage that ultimately affects my life because my mind has accepted these thoughts. Everybody say accepted. Accepted these thoughts and took ownership. Come on now, say ownership. I've accepted them and I've taken them as my own now. You with me? They're mine. I can't do it. That's mine. Where's the Starburst, Dad? Took him out, got him a pack of Starburst because he didn't get any medals. 
It's important that we filter what we let in. What we let in eventually will come out. Through our words, our behavior, and our actions. To shine the light of God, we must continually remove small and subtle yet effective bits of darkness. The enemy yearns, yearns to plant in your heart by the gate of your mind. It's through the mind it gets to the garden. It lives in the garden, but it's got to get through the gate. So what are you letting into your garden? Check your surroundings. Check your influences. Check your gates. What are you letting in? If we go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9, it's not a long passage, but it's a powerful passage because it is the remedy for this problem. It is the remedy for maintaining your gates so you don't land in a mind trap. Verse 8, Paul says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report, if there's any virtue, and if anything, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, Paul, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. So not only says you should focus on these things when thoughts enter your mind, but do as I have done. See my actions. Model my actions. There's someone else we can model their actions. Jesus. We can model his actions. We don't know the word. Okay, well, what, do we know what Jesus did? Yeah, okay, well, that's a good place to start. Let's start by modeling our life after Jesus. I'm not saying go hang on the cross, but maybe you do need to crucify yourself on a spiritual cross to begin with. Repentance, baptism, and filling of the Holy Spirit. You need those things. The plan of salvation, the new birth. You need those things. But once you get past that, it's the sanctification process. And how do I live my life according to the word? Well, who's my example? Paul says, look at me. Look what I've done. Look at Jesus. Look what he's done. That's a good place to start. I don't need to know much Bible to hear some stories about Jesus and say, am I doing those things? Am I helping others? Am I loving unconditionally? Am I giving without expectation? Because if I have an expectation, I'm not really giving. I'm planting a strategy to get. What are we doing to model? And the things we let in our mind determine the life we live. My mind is the gatekeeper between the love of God and the lies of the enemy. My mind is the gatekeeper between the love of God and the lies of the enemy. This message today is called Mind Trap. Not Mousetrap, like my kids like to play. It's a game I never got when I was a kid. I always wanted it. Not Mousetrap. Mind Trap. It starts with the point of entry. It starts with the gate of the mind. I'm encountered by a thought. What am I letting in? It starts with letting in the simplest things. We see it on TV. It, you know, the enemy loves to subtly 
destroy you. I don't know how many of you notice this or if it bothers you. This makes me crazy. That's why I don't watch a lot of TV. Is like my kids will be watching something, the cutest thing, and then they'll throw some sexual innuendo in this like kid thing. Like I saw a hamburger commercial. It was sexual. It's like, do I want to think about that when I'm eating a cheeseburger? No. Okay? So why you gotta why you gotta give me that? And the devil says, it's because that's how I'm gonna get you. I wanna keep planting. So 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 I don't think nothing's happening, it's just a commercial. But then you know, I go listen. To, to this thing, and I go hang out with those people, and then they're, they're talking like this, and then I go do that thing, and I'm just slowly accumulating all these little bits at my mind. And so I have to make a decision. Am I going to let that in, or am I going to flush it out? It's subconscious, you know. It's not a conscious thing. You can't control it consciously. So how do you block the thoughts? You have to stay away from them. You have to stay away from them because you can't. And when you hang around it long enough, it will infiltrate through your mind. Oh, I'm going to get there. But right now we're just talking about the point of entry. Something someone said to you. You know you've all had that burn. Someone texted you and you read it the wrong way. Anybody ever have ever had that happen? And, and you find out they didn't even mean nothing by it, but you got so upset you couldn't sleep. And you didn't want to call them because of confrontation. And they said this thing and you just misread it because it was just a text and not a call. Anybody ever had that happen? They make a mountain out of the text, and then you realize they actually were in a good mood when they wrote it. They didn't hate you like you thought, but, but you took that thought, and you said, this is what it meant. This is what it is. Now this is mine, and I'm going to sit on it for a day and be miserable. You just conceived the child of that thought in your heart. You just planted a seed in your garden. It's going to occupy your garden. Your garden's only so big. You don't want to keep putting in bad soil in your garden. You need to bring forth good fruit, and you can't choke it with all the bad seed. You've got to be careful what you're letting in. Insecurities. That's the biggest reason. A lot of times it can inflate and distort what someone said to us. Why we misinterpret a lot of those things someone didn't even mean to begin with. It's because on the other side, we're looking at it from the way we think they might have meant it. And do they think this? And oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And they think this about me. And I'm going to tell everybody that they think this about me and all this stuff I blew up and it never existed to begin with because I was insecure about, about the way I don't have the six pack. They think I'm fat. When I was a kid, I, I wore a t-shirt in the pool. So I was, oh man. 15, I wore a t-shirt in the pool because I wasn't, I wasn't F-A-T. Can we say fat? Are you guys cool? Can I use the F word? Not that one, F-A-T. Not P-H-A-T, F-A-T. I was pleasantly plump. I'm not going to lie. I was a chunkster, chunky, chubby, chubster. I'm talking about me so I can say it. And so I was embarrassed about the way I looked, so I'd wear, the, I'd wear the thing in the pool. And what I didn't realize, I was creating more distraction from people with the shirt than I was just swimming like everybody else. It took me all those years to realize I was, I'd wear a jacket. I'd wear a jacket to school because I didn't like the way I looked. I'd get off the bus in June with a jacket on, red in the face, about to pass out. Because, you know, it's like a hundred out. I was creating more problems because of my mind inflating something that no one ever thought to begin with. And I regret that. I look back on, what if I'd just done it like everybody else, just dressed normal, like they wouldn't have said those things. They wouldn't, I wouldn't have made such mountains out of nothing. 
But that's what I did. I learned it the hard way. But it was that point of entry and that insecurity that I then took ownership of those little things because of the way they looked at me. And I said, oh, it must be because of this. They don't like me. I'm not good enough. Gosh darn it, people don't like me. I'm just a, I'm just a pits of the earth. No, I'm not. But that's what my mind said. That's what the devil wants you to think. TV can affect it. We talked about commercials. It's just a cheeseburger commercial. That's what you think. But they know what they're doing, planting those little things in there. There's a reason they do it, because it gets you to, it draws you to other things. You don't realize you're drawn to it sometimes. Music. I love music. And through my life, I've listened to all kinds of music, some that was G-rated and some that wasn't. And uh, I remember, <laughs> all right, I'm really showing my age here. Anybody remember Limp Biscuit? Limp Biz Kit. My dad's favorite, by the way. Not. Well, Limp Biscuit redid Faith by George Michael, but it was a little more aggressive. And I don't really like that song, but Limp Biscuit got a little more pop. You know, when they sold out, they got on mainstream radio, and they started doing this like pop rock metal thing. And I used to listen to Limp Biscuit's um, $3 Bill record. I think it was called $3 Bill. And I had it in my truck, and I just had it cranking, and it was really aggressive music. It wasn't the kind of music that made you want to praise. It was the kind of music that made you want to punch. It was the kind of music that made you want to oh, go hit something. It was just like, it was fueling because it's adrenaline, you know? It's just cool until, until you get in a road incident, and you go, wait, what's going on here? Why am I speeding? Well, one day, my mom had to move my truck. She didn't know I had the Limp Biscuit in there, full volume. She gets in the truck. I wasn't there. I heard after. You know, this volume just cranking. And she's, oh, my Lord Jesus, what is this stuff he's listening to? Get me out of this thing. Ah! She runs out. Jeffrey, this is what happened. Jeffrey, I heard what you were listening to that car. That is disgusting. What do you mean, Mom? Slim Biscuit. I did it all. Well, I can't talk about that song. I did it all for the, I can't talk about that song. It's not appropriate. What do you mean, Mom? That's bad? Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize it because I listened to it so much. I didn't even pay attention to the words no more. There was R&B music I used to listen to all the time. I wanted to, be, I wanted to be babyface. And so I listened to urban music, and I didn't ever pay attention to the words. I look back and go, oh, my Lord Jesus. What was I listening to those words? My mom knew I had that. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I was just letting that in. I didn't even know it because you just get used to it. It becomes normal. Once you let it in a couple times, Vincent, it becomes normal. It's no longer offensive when it numbs you after enough times coming in the gate. Because now it's in the garden. Once it's in the garden, it's in your life. And my mind is the gatekeeper between the love of Jesus Christ, God, and the lies of the enemy. The Bible says to discern what is of God and what isn't. We have to discern. It starts with discerning what comes into the gate. Because it's planting seeds in our psyche, and then we start dwelling on them in our subconscious. Did you know that what you listen to like before bed, they say it like plays in your mind all night? And I noticed that because I've watched like some scary movies, and then I, I'm not really scared, but then I have nightmares, like Goonies. Like I watch Goonies, and then Sloth enters my nightmares, and I'm getting attacked by sloth with the baby Ruth in my sleep. And look what happens, because I watch it so late at night. It plays all night. So one, one thing I, I really like to do, especially on Sundays when I have to be, you know, anointed. 
Seriously, I try to do it all week, but especially Saturday nights, unless UFC's on, and I can't stay awake after that, I watch T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, um, Judah Smith, um, T.D. Jakes, oh, and T.D. Jakes. That's usually what I watch on YouTube. And I, I get so tired, I just lay it on my chest and I just go to sleep to it. Because I want good seed flowing in my brain when I wake up. I want that flowing through my mind in my sleep. And it's a good thing to do that kind of stuff every night, but, you know, it's a work in progress. But, yeah, it takes hold, and I want that good seed in my garden. Colton, speaking of Goonies, my youngest, he loves the Goonies, but he's terrified of sloth for real. And sloth's cute. You know, he's got a crooked head, but he's cute. He's cute because of the baby Ruth, you know, all that. And, uh, and he'll, he'll want to watch the Goonies. But I said, Colton, I know better. See, I'm your daddy, and I know better that if you do that, there's going to be repercussion of you watching that. You can't watch that because there's language, and there's, uh, it's too late at night, and you're going to have nightmares. And that's, that's how Jesus sees us. He sees us kind of like poisoning ourselves over and over, and he's trying to say, you shouldn't do that. Don't, don't listen to that. You want this, but you're planting that. You want to grow flowers, but you're planting poison, Roundup, but you want flowers, but you're receiving Roundup. You can't have flowers if you keep receiving Roundup. You're killing your flower bed through your mind. He's our dad. He knows because he's seen it so many times. He knows what we're going to do. Just like me and Colton on the mat. I knew, I knew when he found out he was winning, he'd change his mind. He'd be happy because I know how stubborn he is because I've seen him do it over and over. I've seen him hurt himself over and over. What's at your point of entry this morning? What are you welcoming in with open arms and you don't even realize you're doing this? What are you making habit of thinking on throughout your entire day? What are you pondering through your day? What are you conceiving and planting? What happens at your point of entry can become your point of action. It becomes action when it roots its subconscious actions. Enough entry, seed will harvest good and bad. And we'll eventually start inhibiting and producing what we receive. We'll start acting on elements that we saw and heard, and we don't even know it. You know when, like, something comes out and you go, like, like, like kids, kids do it all the time. My kid, my Chloe, she is so much like me, it's starting to freak me out. And then I go, am I really like that? She starts acting like me. She, she like, get me together. Like, I get her together. And I thought, how does she learn that? She's getting me together. How does she talk? She's very persistent. I, that, I don't want to be friends with that. That's what I do. I didn't even know that. See, she's, she's receiving it from me, and then she's subconsciously acting it back out. And I'm her dad, and I see it, and I go, whoa, is that what I do? I don't like that. I don't want you to do that. It becomes action. It changes us slowly and reversing it is like, once it becomes active in your heart, guys, that seed, it's like running off a nice cheeseburger. You all know that something going in is a lot harder to get off once it, once it goes in. It's a lot harder to get out. You can eat a cheeseburger in what, like, I could eat a decent cheeseburger in 30 seconds if I wanted to. But you know how much time it takes on a treadmill to burn that thing off? Well, if I, if I mall walked, at least an hour to burn a decent cheeseburger off that took me 30 seconds to eat. See, see, it's easy to consume, but it's hard to irrigate 
back out the, the problem. It's hard to extract back out once it's planted. My mom told me as a kid, don't start cussing. It's a lot harder to stop. Not that she would know. I can't. I shouldn't have said that. Not that she would know. You know, Italians, you know, something happens sometimes. But, you know, she said, once you start, it's really hard to stop. She was right. I went through that season. It took an hour to stop something that took 30 seconds to come in. It became a subconscious action. It's like running on a treadmill. It takes so much work to get it back out. And Paul says, meditate on these things so you don't have to go through that. You will see the fruits of these in my life so they can also be in your life if you focus on them at your gate and never let them in. And the devil wants you to let in all the bad because he wants to deceive you. So remember, my mind is the gatekeeper between the love of God and the lies of the enemy. If he can get you pondering those lies, he can stop your actions. He desires you surround yourself with short-term fixes and on-the-surface solutions. Just go do that thing again. That'll fix it for a few hours, but tomorrow you'll be running back to me, says the devil. You'll be running back to me because it's not really going to work, but you should do it again. Yeah, just take another pill. You can, it'll numb it again till tomorrow. We don't want to fix the problem. We want to keep you broken, says the devil. Jesus wants to fix the problem. In order to fix the problem, you got to clean the garden. If you want the garden to stay fresh and the garden to stay fruitful and the garden to keep producing harvest year after year, sanctified year after year, and as you walk in the Lord, you got to keep it at the point of entry from coming in. This is the scary part, is what once appeared as poison now feels normal. I see this all the time. It's like my Diet Coke addiction. Well, it tasted like cough syrup the first couple times. Eventually it was so good. Diet Coke, you know, everybody loves Diet Coke. One person. I did quick drinking the Diet Coke. They said it causes dementia and all these things and all this, I'm killing myself and all this stuff. And I said, I didn't know because it tasted normal to me. I didn't know I was poisoning myself. So I said, it's gotta go. I don't want that in my life. It's got to go, even though those two cans still sitting in my fridge. And I look at them, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go to the sparkling mineral water. Zero calories, no sugar. And they stay on the shelf. But what I really should do, if I want to fix it, is throw that out. Quit keeping it in my house. I'm just tempting myself with it. Come on, you want to come back in? Come on, just for today, you come back in, little Diet Coke. You come back in into my life just till today. I'll drink these two. I won't get any more. And then the wife brings home some more. Woman, I said I didn't want to drink that no more. Go buy it. I'm tempted again. I don't really say that. That would be offensive. She would give me the smack smack. So we don't want that. (laughs) But what tasted like cough syrup in the beginning becomes normal. And what we adapt that was offensive in the beginning becomes normal. It happens in church. It happens with theology. It happens with watering down anything in your life. You keep watering it down generation after generation. Eventually, you're going to be offended that someone said that once it was wrong. How dare you say that's wrong? Don't you remember your grandparents saying that was wrong? Oh, I forgot because we've, we've saturated it with so much water. No, nothing's wrong no more. Nothing's wrong. How dare you? See, I changed and I didn't even know it. I'm used to it. 
But God's word doesn't change. The judgment on his things don't change. What he calls sin doesn't change. It doesn't expire because the world got used to it. It's a culture. It's a constant, come on, just take more of it. You're going to become numb. Just take more of it, let it in, and you will eventually receive it just like the rest of them. But Jesus says, don't listen to that. Paul says, meditate on these things. When he comes knocking at your door, shut the door and meditate on these things. Because if you want to see what I got for you, you got to do what I say. You can't do what he says because the devil is a liar. He's trying to poison you. He's trying to take your livelihood from you. He wants to destroy you. It may feel like church, but there's a spiritual battle in this house, in this world, and the devil seeks to destroy you. It's heaven and hell. It's a real thing. We believe it's a real thing. It's not a story or we wouldn't be here. It's too much work if it's just a nice story. We believe it. How do I fix it? I don't want to let the stuff in. Okay, okay. I've got rid of the, I quit watching that stuff. I quit listening to Limp Bizkit. Okay, I quit listening to that. I quit doing that. But I still am surrounded by these problems. Even when I walk in my house. I remember that person that used to live here that did that to me. Or I remember that relationship. Or when I go over here and I see, you know, I see that type of food. I remember that time I had that food with that person. How do I do it? Sometimes we need a change of scenery. You can extract all the poison and just your, your environment itself is the problem. doesn't mean you got to get rid of your house. But you need a break. you got to have a reset. You can't clear the mind if you never get out of the mental Warfare that's reminded to you every time you see, you know, that picture on the wall or that thing. And you need a change of scenery uh, in, your, in your mind. It's, there's a physical change sometimes we need, and we need a mental change of scenery. We need to quit uh, spending 80% of our week with those things coming into our mind. We need to change what our mind is doing throughout the week. And some of us need a physical change of scenery. And I never understood that. And, and then I, 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 I had this revelation. I went on a trip, and I've probably told this before in a different sermon, but I was given a different spin because it's the same story and it still applies. But I took this person on a trip with me, and they were so miserable. When I got them out by the ocean, this, this layer of dead skin came off them, and they, this love started pouring out them. And I said, who is this person? I don't even know this person. I remember this person from like 30 years ago. Where did they come from? It's because their environment was poisoning them day after day. And after it got clear, they'd bring more of it back into their house and they'd keep keeping that darkness over their house. And when we got them out of that environment, we got them out by the water, we got them looking at something pure, meditating on something good. They started talking about their childhood. They started talking about things that their dad did that, that was good when they were a child. They didn't have a good relationship with their dad, but they started remembering all the love they had when they were a kid with their dad and they just started pouring out all this stuff and I couldn't believe it. I said, wow, that's from a change of scenery. That's all that happened. I didn't say anything wise and this person wouldn't receive it if I did anyway. All I did is take them to a place they could look at something different for a few minutes and their whole mind reset. It was awesome. We need to reset sometimes with a change of Scenery. Our mind can only contain so much. It's like 
RAM, if you want to go geek with me. It's like random access memory. Sometimes you got to pull the power to clear the memory out of the system. Otherwise, your mind just holds on to it. you got to reset with a change of scenery. Tired of that drama. Reset, pull the power. See ya, bye. See you in a week. I'm going to Florida. Free your mind by consuming new thoughts, pure thoughts, lovely thoughts, things of good rapport, of virtue. If there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think about what the Lord has done and think on these things and dwell on these things so you harvest the seed into your heart and produce fruit. The word is life. My words are spirit and they are life. Receive my word by consuming it, hearing it, speak it. I speak it, I hear it. Do you know that? You know, you want a double dose of Jesus? Speak what you read. You want a double dose? Speak it, because you hear it too. You speak it, you hear it back. It sounds silly, but I actually, when I'm like trying to study, I don't read good. I was always a picture Bible kid. You got a picture Bible, mom? I don't like to read nothing. In school, you got the cliff notes? I don't like to read anything. So it, it was hard for me to focus. So I would say what I'm reading, and I'd keep saying it. And as I said, I could hear it coming back to me too. It had tone. It had life to it versus just me thinking it, and I would forget it. And so that really helped me. And that's with everything. You, you say it. You say, I'm going to win. I'm going to win this match. And if I don't, I'm going to go down giving it my best because I am able to win. I'm not going to go in there and say, I can't win. I'm not going to win a medal. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quit before I start. No. You say, I'm going to do it. You tell yourself, I'm going to do it. And you hear yourself saying, I'm going to win. Come on, who's with me? Amen to that. God wants you to win. He wants you to win. We have to turn our mind towards the living water, Jesus. Your instinct to let that landscape go back to the weeds again, flush it out the door. Keep Jesus at the center of your mind and at your garden. Jesus is the only way to free your mind from the lies of the enemy. God won't control your mind, but he gives you a pathway to receive new thoughts. A pathway. You have to walk the pathway. You have to want it. You have to say, I want it. I want what you have, Lord, and I'm going to follow. I'm going to do it. Jesus is love, and where there is love, the devil can't dwell. And actually, not only does the devil not dwell where there is love, where there is God, he flees like off the cliff into the swine, over the cliff. He flees because he can't handle the power of God. He's a fool to even think he can, and he knows he can't. So when you actually say, I got Jesus at the center, he's going to run out off the cliff because he can't handle the pressure of God because the power is so strong, he flees from the situation. He doesn't, he doesn't just say, I can't be there. He runs away like a terrified little child because he knows he can't hang on the level of the Almighty Creator. If you all could stand with your feet, stand to your feet to me. Oh, I can't speak. If you all could stand to your feet, please. Preaching is funny. Sometimes words come on, coming out of order. <laughs> it's my lixdexia. Anybody have lixdexia? I mean, what is it? Dyslexia. Yeah, that's it. My mind is the gatekeeper between the love of God, remember this, and the lies of the enemy. If I want it good here, I got to stop it here. It's the, it's the door. Some of you have been consumed by the lies. Just 
saturated with lies. And Jesus wants to free your mind trap. You need a change of scenery. Maybe the house of God is your change of scenery. Because some people, when they haven't been to the house in a long time, they walk in and it just knocks them over because it's so fresh and so clean. And they just want to be so freed of that trap that he just knocks it out of their way. His word is the key, but you must unlock the vice keeping you trapped in your mind. Give it all to him in prayer. Let him know, I want to be free, Lord. I want to be free. I can't win the medal. No, I want to be free. I'm going to be free. I'm not maybe going to be free. Jesus, you said I can be free, and I will be free. Like I'm going to win this match. I will. You said you would never leave me. You said you love me. You said I can be free and I can live a better way, that I don't have to put up with this. It's not maybe. It says I am. You said I could be a born-again child of you. I will be then be born again, Lord, in Jesus' name. Not maybe. We're not in the garden, Satan. Quit trying to trick us with that tree of fruit. We know his word better than you, devil. He didn't say maybe. The Spirit of the Lord desires to make his way into your life. And salvation is not just for a moment, but it's an opportunity to live in freedom for the rest of eternity. If you could bow your heads with me. If you could lift one hand with your eyes closed and every head bowed. Lord, we come to you. We come to you wholeheartedly. We come to give it all to you, Jesus. This is not a game. This is not a show. This is a house of God. And we don't care about anything except pleasing you and giving you praise, Lord, because we know you are able to rectify all things we bring to you. Not maybe, but you will. We ask you take these burdens, take these thoughts, take these traps out of us. Help us take practical steps, Lord, to not keep letting in the devil. Get it out, devil. Get out of my house, devil. Get that stuff out of my liquor cabinet. Get that stuff out of my pantry. Get that stuff out of my fridge and my medicine cabinet. Get those people out of my life if they're hurting me. Get, just let me find new pillars to grow my foundation in you, Lord. Keep your hand on us as we go about this week. Help us discern good from bad. Receive the joy of the Lord and not the lies of the devil. And if everybody can say in Jesus' name, Amen.